So this is our current environment that we think we've got, and this is what we'd like to happen. So this, you can see the impact that hopefully green infrastructure will make. And I know it's after work, I know some of you had a drink, but can anyone suggest what retrofit green infrastructure approach has been taken here? Four? And after, I feel like an opposition. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But what have we done? Roof gardens. We've got green, yeah, green roofs. Soils. Yeah, made it more permeable. We've opened up the waterways. Shall I put you out your misery and say what could be done? So, looking at the roofs, we're thought about possibly disconnecting downpipes, maybe retrofitting a green roof. In terms of courtyards and terraces, we looked at the opportunities for infiltration and storage. Can we use that area for rainwater harvesting tanks? Uh, can we also think about other more hard landscaping opportunities in terms of rills and, and canals? And looking at building facades, we're again looking at opportunities for uh, planters, uh, disconnection of downpipes, and maybe green, green walls because they have an impact. And also maybe the, the smart use of boundary walls an opportunity to store some of that water. So looking at the bigger picture in terms of the streetscape, what can we do there? The highways is one of the biggest contributors to diffuse water pollution. So again, what we'd like to be able to do is reduce the, the, uh, the imperviousness of that. So there's opportunities there for maybe rain garden or, or vegetated chicanes. And also looking at opportunities for using verges uh, uh, more imaginatively and converting some of the tarmac paved areas into areas of grass that enable, uh, enable water to flow down. So what we're looking to do is really capitalise on the, the environment that we've got to take things, take things forward. So again, a before and after at the top is a standard, uh, a standard terraced road and what we're starting to do here is put in rain gardens and planters in the bottom left in terms of trying to manage that water and bring the water out from, from the pipes. And on the top right is a, is a fairly, uh, fairly ubiquitous high street. And, and again, what we've talked about here is trying to make some changes to, uh, the, to the urban design in terms of bringing up water and adding green infrastructure. Uh, and I know it's all very subjective, but this was done by an urban designer rather than an engineer thinking he knew how to design urban environments. So delivering the benefits, we've got the traditional approach was about seeing water as a challenge. So back in the 1850s, there was an awful lot of concern about the impact of sanitation and hygiene. So the approach was to get water away from the uh, city as quickly as possible. More recently, within the last maybe 15 to 20 years, we've talked about sustainable drainage systems where we're looking at opportunities to manage the flows and volumes, the quantity, looking at the quality aspects and amenity and biodiversity. It'd be fair to say that engineering-wise, it's a lot easier to manage and engineer systems to deal with the quantity aspects in terms of flows and volumes. It's less, it's less easy to look at that in terms of water quality and particularly in terms of amenity and biodiversity, but we are getting there. So we're looking at ecosystem services, the opportunities that we get from our, our environment in terms of looking at the opportunities to regulate flood risk, urban heat island effects, and also providing cultural and societal benefits. And I know that will be talked about a little bit later. And we're looking at the opportunities for green infrastructure and the fact that 
delivering good space with a high level of biodiversity starts spinning off all those other, other benefits. And then what we're trying to do is also when we go forward is look at the benefits that are provided by water sensitive urban design which is all about the integration of the water cycle and the built environment and Louise will talk about that a little bit later on. So these are types of benefits that we think we can get from, from retrofitting suds. So looking at water use, water supply, looking at reducing energy in terms of the amount of energy required to, to supply that water. And then there's all these other benefits about education, community and recreation, and I won't go there because I'm, I'm pretty certain that will be covered in the next presentation. So looking at what's happened in the States, Philadelphia has an issue with regards to its rate of growth and its issues with regards to combined sewer overflows into its watercourses. They looked at the opportunities for using a grey infrastructure approach and found out it's prohibitively costly, so they started throwing around some ideas. And what they came up with is a mixture, a hybrid system of taking 50% of the area and putting that through, uh, through grey infrastructure. So when they started to look at the net, net present value in terms of the benefits, they realised that a green infrastructure approach provided 2.8 billion of benefits as opposed to 122 million. So they've looked at all the benefits that come around uh, with regards to green infrastructure related to reducing the urban heat island effect and also the opportunities for improving property. So what's the difference there between the UK and, uh, and, and here? Uh, they have a mayor that is, uh, that is a champion. He's a leader. He wants to make Philadelphia the greenest city in America. He has an unfortunate name of being called Mayor, mayor Nutter. But compared to uh, our mayor, who, 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 is, who is the most sane? But in fairness, I've only done that for effect to make sure you remember Mayor Nutter. But Boris has it, has it more difficult than Mayor Nutter does. Uh, mayor Nutter has the opportunity to manage the surface water and the water supply, whereas over here in the UK, we have such uh, diverse and disparate governance issues that trying to get that to happen is really quite challenging. But we need to keep it in mind and challenge Boris and uh, the Greater London Authority when they talk about green infrastructure, when they talk about water supply, we need to make sure uh, that it's all joined up in, in, a, in a consistent approach. So closer to home, uh, Lambeth, I've got, two case, well, I've got three case studies. All of them are on the Sodstrain website. But essentially, Central Hill is an approach to looking at uh, replacing a previously tarmacked uh, verge with grass and reprofiling the footway. So instead of the water flowing into uh, the highway, it flows back into uh, a park. So th this stuff isn't rocket science, but it is again about those nibbling those opportunities. And uh, in, in Kennington, they're using a, an approach called DPAY. In urban America, uh, there's an organisation called DPAY that go around lifting up paving slabs and asphalt in car parks, trying to increase the permeability they provide. They make it sound uh, very glamorous, but it looks like it's hard work. They give them tools. Uh, not many of them are, are power tools as well, so they seem pickaxes and, and shovels. And the idea is that they basically get the community out, get that in, a level of cohesion and start lifting out the paving. And this has been happening in uh, Lambeth. So Owen Davis, who's a sustainability engineer, has been to the community, spoke to them, showed them what's going on in the States, 
and they've been up for it. Admittedly, this time around, they actually got their contractors to help lift up the paving slabs, but that concept is there, so it can be done. And more recently, what's, what's happening over in Lambeth is this approach to green streets. So if you go to Portland and you put green streets in and rain gardens, you will again see uh, an awful lot of imagery about how vegetation can be included in that. And what they've done here is combine this approach with third sector organisations like Sustrans to do the community engagement to deliver the, the safer streets and the better places. So they're looking at the opportunities for rain gardens, placemaking, and looking at other synergies around there, they might be talking about putting rain gardens in people's front gardens to manage the water more naturally. And they're also talking about ways of actually just beautifying the street. So Saturday just gone. It was a beautiful uh, autumnal morning. And we were stood there talking to an awful lot of residents about what they wanted to see. And so this was their post-its. Uh, good to see that post-its got use outside the corporate office as well. Uh, and basically what they were doing is putting things on there that I wanted to see. So their concerns were about car parking, wherever they can get involved in vegetation. Somebody used the term of twiddles in the road as being vegetated chicanes, which I like the idea of. Uh, but more importantly, they seem to be really positive about the opportunities for sustainable drainage and retrofitting. And I actually didn't have to prompt anyone. I'm certain it wasn't the project team but they said that subs are a good idea, so that's brilliant. So we're quite enthusiastic about that. So they seem to be on board already, but they are concerned about the impact it has on basement flooding and the impact it has on car parking spaces, but with good design, that can be overcome. So the way forward, there's three guidance available. If you go to Suds Drain or there will be, there's uh, summarized web information there, and there's also an opportunity to download the guidance documents. Off, off the water regulator are working with the water companies to look at opportunities to retrofit uh, uh, surface water management. And there's a number of projects being taken for. Thames 21 is a local environment charity, and I know they're working in Edmonton and Enfield, my neck of the woods, uh, looking at opportunities to put in uh, sustainable drainage. Environment agencies also looking at uh, diffuse pollution hotspots and trying to put things in there. We're, we're producing guidance. We're hoping to look at opportunities to do cost-benefit analysis on retrofitting SUS to help make that happen. We've got the SUS Drain Web Initiative, which is, has, has a forum and a blog for you to comment on, and we've also got training. So there's lots going on, which are, and I think we can turn these challenges into an opportunity. So if you want to catch up with me or see what's got me excited, you can follow me on Twitter, and, uh, at, at SUS you like or you can go onto the website as sosdrain.org. Thank you.